reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tried, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how can you, a Jew, ask a Samaritan woman for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand, because the salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, and the one called the Christ, when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. What do you drink when you're thirsty? What do you drink when you're thirsty? And where do you go? Where do you go? Or oftentimes, who comes to you? Maybe some of you yesterday, beautiful day yesterday, and we have a gorgeous one today. Maybe you're out working in your garden or in your yard, and it's that family member, your son or daughter, or your, your wife or your husband, or someone who comes out to you and brings you a cup of cold water. 
Well, they fulfill the gospel there, right? Anybody gives so much of a cup of cold water to one of my little ones will not lose their reward. Or maybe some of you young ones or those who have played sports can think about that time when you're kind of like doing that practice and coaches got you running on the field or on the court or whatever and you're just like, when are we getting that water break, right? And then you go racing off and you get in your line and you're lined up at the water fountain. Right? And if you're like me as a little kid, maybe in elementary school, you're like, hey, hey, you've had enough time with that water, I need some. Everybody's trying to share, everybody's trying to get a drink. Well, what we come to know, all of us, if we're really honest, we really see that, that we have a thirst. We have these thirsts as we go through life that are good, but, but deep, deep down inside, deep, deep down inside, none of that will absolutely, totally quench our thirst. Not even some of the things we may have or the relationships we may have. There's a deep, deep thirst that we all have deep down in our hearts. And what we see in the gospel today is we see the Samaritan woman come to the well because she had a thirst. St. Augustine speaks of the woman coming, Samaritan woman, as being a symbol of the church. Because she was a foreigner, she was not a Jew. And if you are not of Jewish heritage, in other words, roots, Jewish roots, you are a foreigner. You are a Gentile. I am a Gentile because I don't have Jewish roots. And Jesus has this conversation because she's coming out as a symbol of the church and thirsting. But at the same time, Jesus is looking at her and he picked that moment because he knew she was ready. He knew she was ready. And he thirsted for her faith. Jesus thirsted for her faith. We see in John's gospel several occasions like this. Jesus, three chapters later in John chapter 7 verse 37, he says in the temple, anybody who is thirsty, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you living water. We know Jesus from the cross cries, I thirst. He thirsts for you and me, and he thirsts for our faith. He thirsted for her faith. He was thirsty humanly, but we know it was something more than just water for him. Because when the apostles come back later, they say, Lord, we got food for you, you guys. I got food to eat that you do not even know of. My food is to do the will of my heavenly Father. He was hungry. For her love. He was hungry for her returnal love, and he knew, he knew, because he knew her heart and he knows our heart, that we're hungry for authentic, real, I will die for you and lay down for you, my life for you kind of love. So there's this encounter of the woman at the well. Yet if we're all honest, we can identify with her. We can identify with her independent of our age, independent of our state of life. We can identify with her because we thirst. We thirst. So when Jesus is talking about, I will give you living water that will well up, what is he speaking about? He's speaking about the gift of God. If you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. If you knew the gift of God, and what is the gift of God? 
God's love for you and me, the love between the Father and the Son, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, who we cannot see, and we can't box up love, but we can experience real authentic love in our life. And the gift of God is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. And so what does that mean for us right now at this moment? There are three well, ways that you and I, and we're at the well. We are at the well right now. In this present moment. And there are three ways that we can drink of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to flash up some catechism numbers. I want you to get distracted. You can read them. But the first one is talking about the Holy Spirit being that living water. That Holy Spirit being that eternal drink that we thirst for. The first way that we can encounter and drink of this living water is through the living word of God. It's read every Sunday. It was just read here. First reading, psalm sung. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Then we have the second reading. Then we go into the gospel. The challenge for us in, the, in, in this time and age is that we have so many things that occupy our time. So many different gadgets that we have in our life. That what can happen with all these gadgets and the things that we look at, our attention span goes from this down to about this. We don't have the attention span, so we can't even handle oftentimes the long version of John's gospel. Should we do the short? Because everybody's going to get distracted and not be able to hold on to it. It happens. And it's a challenge for us. In the time of St. Saint, Saint Paul, when he traversed the earth, and our Lord they didn't have books. They had parchments that were rolled up. And when the parchments came and Paul asked for them, they came and they unrolled them. Everybody was in awe, like people getting in awe over an iPhone and the app you have on it. Their awe was rolling out the parchment. Read it. What did they say? And they would read it. Now, because we don't have a really good attention span, it's just the time we're in. Sometimes it's got to be quick. Get it over. Get our worship moment over. In the time of St. Paul, in the Acts of the Apostle, there's one of my favorite parts in, in Scripture where he's preaching to the people. And while he's preaching to the people, a boy's sitting in the window, falls out of the window, dies. St. Paul goes down, brings him back to life. Paul brings him back to life, helps the boy back up, and then he continues to preach all through the night. So the boy fell asleep and just, so we can, with the living word of God, do I thirst for it? Do I seek to drink of it? Do I read it and hear it and let it animate my heart outside of the one hour every Sunday? Can I open it up before I get in my car and like our mother Mary, turn it over and let it quench my thirst? So the first is the Word of God. The second way we can drink from that well and drink of the Holy Spirit is the liturgy. The liturgy described as the narrow gate. And we enter through the narrow gate of the liturgy, not just the Mass, but all the liturgical experiences that we've experienced in our life. The joys of a baptism, 
the joys of a marriage that I had yesterday and all the excitement of the marriage feast and this couple coming. The joys of the anointing and the joys of the sacrament of healing through confession. All those moments we drink of the well of the Holy Spirit and we quench that thirst by receiving God's mercy, by receiving his peace, by receiving his love that comes into our heart. And so it's through the liturgy and get distracted again. They should have it up there. Hopefully they do the liturgy, right? We enter into that narrow gate of faith. Jesus, my brothers and sisters in Christ, right now thirsts for your faith and mine. He thirsts for us in this very moment to live this liturgical experience this coming to the well and drinking from the well. We can stand before the water fountain, but not click it and not drink. We are here to drink and fill ourselves with God's love. And we do that in the liturgy, in our responses, in our active prayer, in our active living of the liturgy. That was what Vatican II was all about. Vatican II was all about bringing the lay faithful into an active participation in the holy sacrifice of the mass and in the liturgy. Why? So that we all could click that water fountain button and take a drink to drink in the Holy Spirit. So the living word of God, the liturgy. And the third way, really easy. The today of our life. Go ahead, get distracted by the screen again, look at it. That's the catechism of the Catholic Church. In the today of our life, the Holy Spirit meets us where we are in our family life, in our schools. He is the gentle guest of our soul, the guide and craftsman in our path to holiness. He meets us in our times of joy. He meets us in our times of sorrow. I want to share with you a story that I experienced through another friend of mine that was telling me of a, a, a gentleman who was on the final stages of his life, lived a long life, blessed life, and he found himself in a hospital, and he was days from passing to see Jesus, and his daughter called Father Jim, and said, Father Jim, when you get a moment, my dad's asking for you, he's in the hospital, can you please go and offer him all the sacraments of healing. So he goes and he takes the blessed sacrament. He goes to the hospital. It was at a time when his daughter was at work, couldn't be there. Goes during the day. He was, he was fine, but he was, he was terminally ill. And if we're all honest, we're all terminally ill. We're heading that way. We're heading that way to that encounter with Jesus, person to person, at the well of eternal life. So he was getting ready. And so Father Jim shows up at the hospital and walks into the room. Nobody's in there. And there's a chair right by the bed. And so Father Jim looks at him and says, hey, John, thanks a lot. You know, you, put, you have someone put the chair out for you. And so John looks back at him and says, Father Jim, that chair's not for you. He was like, what? In his heart, he was like, what? He goes, no, the chair's not for you. But you're welcome to sit there. So that got the priest thinking. He's like, why would he say that? But he changed the topic. They started talking. Next thing you know, oftentimes what we, what, what we do, which is a simple thing to do, is like, would you like a blessing towards the end of the conversation? Do you want a five-star blessing? Do you want it biggie size? 
And most people say, give it to me biggie size. It's like, okay, do not be afraid. Confession, sacrament of healing, drink of the Holy Spirit, drink of that. Anointing. And third, the Eucharist. It's powerful to see what happens there. So Father Jim gives John those three beautiful sacraments. They have a few more moments of conversation. Then he gets ready to leave. And he's walking out the door and he pauses and he turns back and he says, I got to ask you a question. You just said to me that that chair wasn't for me, but I was able to sit there. What did you mean by that? And he said to Father Jim, well, you know, my father taught me that when life gets tough, when you're really thirsting for God, and you want to acknowledge his presence, you know the Holy Spirit's there, but you can't like see Jesus or touch Jesus. My dad always taught me, put a chair there. So when I was a kid and I was doing my homework, and I didn't really feel like doing it, I wanted God to help me, I put a second chair by my desk. When there was a tough moment in my life and I had to make a tough decision for the family, my wife and I did, we went into our, our place of prayer, a little special place in the house, and we had two chairs, but we put a third chair there. And it was a way we could activate our faith to know Jesus was there, that the Holy Spirit was there. So the chair was really for Jesus. So the priest says, thank you for sharing that with me. Walks off and just is marveled. Four days later, his daughter called him and said, Father, I want to thank you for going there and being there for my dad. We were able to be with him in the, those final moments. And then, you know, Father, I, I kind of left the room for a little bit to go down and get a cup of coffee. Seemed like he was fine. And then I came back and he had passed. And the nurses and doctors walked into the room. And, Father, there was something very odd about the situation in that hospital room. My dad had half his body laying in the bed and his head and the rest of his body laying in the chair. We didn't know what that meant, Father. And the priest said, I know what that meant. He laid his head in the lap of Jesus. He made that act of faith and he put himself right there and he was thirsting for this love. He made placed himself in the arms of Jesus. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we all thirst. We all come to drink from the Holy Spirit. What do I need to leave behind? What do I need to leave behind right now? I'm not talking about when you get to the parking lot. I'm not talking about when you get home. What do I need to leave behind right now because we're living that right now the living word of God has come to us we are in the midst of alert liturgy and Jesus is thirsting for our faith in the active living out of this moment and we are living this event in the today of our life what do I need to leave behind on the altar we're going to take a moment before professing our faith myself included, let's place on the altar what we need to leave behind. Is it my shame? I've come to the well and God's forgive me, but I still have a sense of shame. Is it my ability 
to forgive myself. I've gone to God and I've asked for that forgiveness and I've received that. Can I forgive myself? Do I need to leave behind my ability with the help of God's grace through his cry on the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, to forgive someone else? What do I need to leave behind? And how can I turn to the Holy Spirit to quench my thirst, to fill my heart with the love that only He can give? Take a moment. Place on the altar what you need to leave behind.